Hello and welcome to the return of No One's Homies. This is episode 20. My name is Clau. This is still Mark. Hello, hello. We are back. <laughs> After more than a month, a little more than a month now. Yeah, uh, the longest hiatus I think that we've taken. For sure. Yeah. Uh, we apologize <laughs> to our loving listeners who have been waiting for the return. Uh, we... I don't know. We, we we had life to live. Yeah. I, I don't want to make any excuses. We just wanted to take a break. Yeah. Like it didn't feel as long to us as being away because we were like, you know, doing other things in that time. And uh, although it feels good to be back, I wasn't sure if I'd still be like when we we kicked it up again. It's like is the energy still there. Mm-hmm. feels pretty good to be back Hell with yeah, man. Hell all yeah. the homies. Um, so really quick before we begin, some housekeeping as always. First, I want to update you guys on some gigs that are happening on November 22. That's uh, Friday. Friday, if you listen to this on <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> Thursday. So you have till <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so uh, it's the DLC Productions anniversary gig that's going to happen at Sagiho. We're on at like 10... Tennis, ish, yeah. Be there at ten if yeah. you want to see us. They'll be safe. Yeah, yeah, probably. And the other bands are good anyway, so yes. you will not be uh, a loser by coming <laughs> early. You will be the winner. Yes, you will be the ultimate winner. Yes. Um, it's their fifth anniversary, also. So congratulations, Deoscriptions. If you have any videography needs, hit them up. Yeah, they are amazing. Top William, class work. William is one of the best at his craft. Yes, and we're not just saying that because we're his friends <laughs> from an objective standpoint. Which is impossible to speak from as uh, his friends, but... <laughs> sure. But subjectively objective? Well, I'll just say I'm lucky I don't have to pick. <laughs> yeah. Because it's sure. like, it's easy when your friends make good things because you're like, oh, good thing I don't that's, have to sugarcoat it. That is very true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's the DLC gig on the 22nd, Friday. On the 26th... Uh, that's a Tuesday. That's Tuesday. That's next week. Uh, no One's Home will be live at Dulo for a launch of the For the Forest merchandise. This is a collaboration between For the Forest, uh, Isa, she was our last guest. Yes. And um, Bench slash Human. They're putting out a line of shirts I think mainly you might have seen them around on like social media mm-hmm. especially if you're like part of our friend circles I've seen it shared around it's, yeah. a, it's a nice collection if you see her I meant if we we plugged their art page on the episode so they made a clothing collection based on that uh, that style right pretty yeah, much if you follow us on Instagram or Facebook you'll see um, at least links to the art pages because we share their content pretty often and after that, we have two gigs in December. I'm not going to go too deep into this because we can talk about this in a future episode. But we're going to have a gig on December 6th at Moe's. That's for Something Soulful. And on December 15th in BGC, that's for um, a benefit concert. I think it's called Kamalayan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- th- those are some Southridge guys just putting together. A, a, it's basically a youth empowerment event. So yeah, those are our upcoming gigs. If you want to watch us live, again, that's music, not a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Often confused, people get. Uh, That being said... Although if you want us to host like some forum, that would be pretty dope. That would be super dope. If you like our style of uh, interviewing and things (laughs) like that. Only occasional swearing. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I, I was like, I'll sign a contract, but like, no guarantees, I guess. <laughs> right? It's like the opposite of what signing a contract is for. <laughs> I uh, mean, if like the guest says something outrageous, be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Sorry, 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 everyone. Sorry, sorry. We're trying, <laughs> trying to keep it PG. Yeah. Um, what else do we have? Uh, I wanted to thank everyone who showed support at the For the Forest launch event. That was in Verde, along uh, Kalayaan in Poblacion. That was really cool. I went solo on that one, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it was still a good crowd. A uh, bunch of other great acts, Rice Lucido, BSN, uh, the, pr- the DJ premiere of Milkman. <coughs> Paolo Hirinella, shout out. I thought you meant like DJ Premier, the producer. I was like, what the? No, no, no. <laughs> sure. Uh, so yeah, thank you for supporting us there. And also thank you for supporting us for 20 episodes. This is crazy. I know. Also, just a quick like side note. I was confused whether 20 is the big number or is it like 25. But I guess we're just going to go with 20 and then... Yeah, I don't know. Michael like 50 was, after? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael was the one that uh, convinced me that 20 was a milestone. He was like, Michael Aplodin, yeah. our number one fan. He was like, yo, maybe for your 20th episode, you can do something special. And I was like, hey, you know, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we want to thank you guys. This started out as just kind of like a weird thought project for us. And then it turned into a regular thing. <laughs> Semi, I guess, that we took a break. I mean, yeah, that... Oh, Breaks aside, you know, we did more than one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think we had some... Like, it, it it grew in a weird way, like the structure and our, our style. And we kind of developed our own like format as much as we like to think. Like it's influenced by what we listen to. Yeah. But we turned it into something where hopefully you guys recognize it's like a no one's homies thing. Yes, yes. Uh, that I also want to give a special shout out to Jomo Fillart. He has told us on multiple occasions that he is a religious listener to this podcast, and I don't know if we've actually shouted him out yet on the podcast itself. Yes, uh, I don't. Uh, maybe once or twice, but you know, never hurts just, to shout you out again. Yeah, just We're wanted to be sure. Around. Yeah, because it was during Halloween. You know, he started talking to me about some of our podcast topics, and I was like, dude. You're really you're a deep cut guy. Oh no, yeah, I remember now. It was at the the Jesus Juice launch. He talked to me. Basically, I felt the same. I was like, you, you're talking about the things that yeah. happened in like minute thirty seven, yeah. something like that. I'm like, you yeah. stuck around. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So much appreciated, Jomo. And for everyone else that we don't really get the shout out specifically, yes. we still appreciate all the listens, all the comments, and the for this episode, the questions that we will be uh, tackling later on. Yeah. Uh, we do every little bit helps guys <laughs> uh, so before we start on what we're consuming yeah we're gonna just do what we're consuming we're gonna do our regular segments people asked for a Clow and Mark episode so let's give the people what they want <laughs> it's been a while since we've done just us just us yeah also because you know having guests is fun we don't have to work as hard mentally on, like mm-hmm. to, to, to carry the weight we let the guests do do that because they're, we find them interesting. But here we go. We'll try to give you... <laughs> here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hopefully it's... You know, so before, yeah. we, before we go on to our regular segments, I just wanted to ask, how, how have we been, Mark? How, how are you? I am 
in the midst of a battle with allergies <laughs> and, <laughs> and like colds and, and stuff and the pokemon battle yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's muted so you won't hear any of the battle but uh, i just started last it's muted, sunday it's muted, yeah it's but yeah i mean it's allergy season for everyone out there if i i've noticed people have like colds and just like um like their noses are just like sinuses are clogged and stuff yeah even so, my workmates yeah like when i missed the the gig for for the forest it was just the start so it, i felt like you know it, it, i didn't know it was an allergy yet it felt like you know a little bit of a flu mm-hmm. and it's lasted this long so <laughs> yeah it's I, I was surprised that you still had a runny nose when i arrived yeah every day is like i my parents bought an air purifier so that maybe that will help you maybe it, like we'll store it down there it, look, it looks pretty cool though <laughs> like in fairness to air purifiers <laughs> What t- talk about what we're consuming, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Although, yeah, I've seen one, uh, a true value. It's a smart air purifier, like you know, Wi-Fi connected and shit. So, ooh, mine's the basic what? model. What? Yeah. Why would you need your air purifier? You can connected? schedule like before you get home. Oh. You want your pure air ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been running for around thirty minutes yeah. now. Uh, the, yeah. The air in the room should be <laughs> by now. Um. Uh, I also wanted to say that Mark and I recently played a uh, one-shot campaign of D&D yes. with some of our friends. Led by our dungeon master and um, DJ friend. DJ and DM. Love LM. Machi- <laughs> LM Love Machine. Yes. Uh, thank you so much, LM, for running that super fun campaign. Um, we did it on a weekday, so we got s- really sleepy at the end. It takes a while. Yeah. So just for anyone who, ha- who doesn't know... The quick gist is we just finished the campaign in one day. It was meant designed that mm-hmm. way. Single story. So yeah. Um but that means, you know, we're trying to finish the quest as within that time frame. So it took like five almost six hours, I think. Almost six hours. Yeah. No, almost five at least. Five hours. Yeah. At just least about five. Probably five hours. But like getting home basically the whole oh, night yeah, was like yeah, a six hour yeah, ordeal. Yeah, yeah. Very fun, but it's a it's it's a it's tough to stay in. You need it's I guess we should have started like done it on a weekend on early yeah, afternoon sure, something like that sure but then if you play I think it's just like the t- time spent if you spend four hours you know role playing it's like living a life <laughs> oh yeah it's, there's no real world yeah, problems it's fun it's fun <laughs> I suggest like people give it a shot have friends who are also pretty game that's really important mm-hmm. for people to stay locked in and like part, like kind of not being dicks about playing yeah basically <laughs> I also wanted to mention because last time when we were on the show, which it's been a while, yeah. I said that I watched Joker and that I needed to give it a second watch. <laughs> I gave it a second watch and I have decided my opinion on the Joker movie. I decided that I love it. I do. I really... F- it is a movie that's dear to my heart. But I've also decided that it's not a particularly well-written movie. Mm, like, I haven't watched it. Yeah. Well, I just that's my own opinion, you know. Like I just think it was kind of clunky a lot of the time and I feel like they they kind of let they just didn't do a lot of legwork in terms of the writing, you uh-huh. know. A lot of stuff just felt underdeveloped. But overall it was like Joaquin Phoenix is amazing and the movie like is a visual masterpiece, so I will watch it again and again and again, and I don't care if you tell me that I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think all movies have to be perfect. There are so many movies that I watch that are just like, I just get over the mm-hmm. flaws and like I enjoyed it for this part, so that's why I'm watching it again. Yeah, yeah. and especially because 
like I don't think all the movies that you like have to be really good. You know what I mean? Like I can <laughs> like crappy movies. That's my own. It's my prerogative. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, that's that's really all. Like for how we're doing. Do you, do you want to let the people know anything else about how you're doing? Um, I think we can just get. It. It'll come out in the consumption stuff. All right, all right. So without further ado, here we go to what we're consuming. Here's our new clip. Yeah. I must consume your soul to become a real boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. a Claudius Clay production. Original. <laughs> Made on Logic Pro. Yeah. Shout out Logic Pro. You are super hard to use. <laughs> <laughs> so uh you want to start it off or do you want me to start it um off? sure i'll start it off okay um just from the top of mind since i'm looking at it on my tv i have <laughs> been playing pokemon recently the newest uh release Wh- which version did you get this is uh sword so it's sword and shield came out last friday i got it on sunday i got sword because i think i just looked at the exclusives and they look cooler for okay. me like exclusive pokemon yeah I'm not really that um, into swords <laughs> or shields. <laughs> I guess. I mean, they're all right. I'm more of a gun guy nowadays. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. We were joking. Um, yeah, I don't know why they picked this out over precious stones. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it either. Yeah. Anyway, um, it's been a while since I've played Pokemon. I played Let's Go on my Switch when it came out, but that's basically like first gen Pokemon basic stuff and then the last generation that i played was probably like gen 3 i can't even remember which starters there for all the pokemon like diehards uh so it's been a while it's really complicated now (laughs) for fact i was like they didn't didn't tell me there would be this much math fairy type what's this yeah (laughs) um whatever and this new version it look it just looks nice are you enjoying yeah yeah it's fun i mean i played it it's about like six hours in already. It's it's classic Pokemon, but like taken up to the next level, okay. I think. Most reviews have been pretty good. Some people think it was a bit of a lazy effort. But really? Or just like they didn't do enough with the Switch. That's what they're saying. Okay. But for the most part, I think if they put this out on like the older generation console, like 3DS, no one would say anything yeah. bad about I'm, it. I'm looking at it now and it looks spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from that another video game I've been playing I've been trying to do more video games again he's trying to be a normal kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, I, I'm playing Divinity 2 which is an, like a, an RPG it's more like Dungeons and Dragons style partly turn based third person looking thing very complicated if very, you like watch videos it's like um, it's it's not like Diablo it, though it looks like it it's more strategic and like you have to be well organized and even how you you chain together your strategy spells attacks things like that will de- determine a lot so that is a hard game <laughs> it's a heavy game so like i really get tired playing it i haven't played it that much mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i'm very far i mean compared to pokemon right but yeah i mean if you look at reviews and stuff it's one of the best rpgs ever i think that's yeah, what like, people have like said the decade. yeah so if you're into heavy like strategy rpg like if you played like dragon age um yeah diablo 
things like that. I think I don't know if Diablo's as much of a strategy RPG. Yeah, maybe if you want more out of it, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Diablo's like, more like, like a dungeon crawler. Yeah, yeah, but like you're you're somewhere there, and you're like, what else can I play? Mm-hmm. It's like maybe try this. It's a bit of a change in format, sure. but it will provide you more of that in-depth experience of an RPG that you might have been feeling lacked. Yeah, pretty much your traditional Western RPG, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a Western style. Um, what else have you been consuming? Uh, aside from that, movie-wise, I watched um, Dolomite is my name, the Ed- Eddie Murphy movie That's on right. Netflix, which is like a comic biography. of okay. um, It's a real person. Rudy Ray Moore, I think, is the name of the the character he plays who was like a stand-up comedian back in, I think, the 70s or something. And basically, he was like one of the, I think, original like black ones or his story just became famous because he made like a black exploitation film <laughs> on his own budget. <laughs> like really? he poured money in. That's yeah. pretty serious. Yeah, and then like he took it super seriously even though he never made a movie before. And like he put all his money on the line and then when it came out, it was like, a, like you know, like, It looked like a f- movie made with friends, although like professional. Mm-hmm. And then... Kind of like The Room. Yeah. Huh? Kind of like The Room by Tommy Wiseau. Yeah, in a, way- a weird way. But like people loved it because it was funny. Parang he made it based on like what he his life experiences yeah, were and yeah. what he thought was funny. And critics thought it was like, you know, like shallow and stupid. But it worked well, out for him. Yeah, yeah. It it's a, a funny movie. And it's a good return for Eddie Murphy, I think. If you... I mean, like... His recent movies, the last that I've seen, like Norbit and stuff, is like ah, uh, not peak Eddie Murphy. Yeah. So this feels more like what uh, I'm happy seeing. Like uh, I mean, even like Daddy Daycare was like still pretty good. Yeah, I I I've heard that it's a return to form. So th- I'm happy for Eddie Murphy. He's one of like the. He's really good because he's a stand-up comedian, and his peak as an actor, he made funny movies. Oh yeah, but okay. I think it's more of just like. You make so many movies. It's hard to be funny all the time by mm-hmm. doing new new jokes, new things. You know, like trying to be funny in different ways. Some will just not hit. And he's like a pretty serious person, I've yeah. heard. So I feel like he tried to do some things with his comedy that just didn't hit yeah, I with, guess the, it's like, with the mass because audience. Because it looks so simple to be a comedian. Mm-hmm. But the people who work on it, at least the very good ones, work on it as a craft. They take it seriously to be funny. Yeah. So in that sense, they're always trying to be technical, critical. That's why maybe, like you said, he tried something new that didn't work out in his comedy style. Mm-hmm. But the way he's thinking about it is like, how do I become better? Which I think in this one is like, now he's like trying to see, go, go back a bit to his older stuff and try to like refine it and show it, show everyone that I still have it and I'm actually just as good as ever. Yeah, that's on, that's on my list. So I'm I'm pretty excited to watch that. That's on Netflix. And then another Netflix, Sponsor us. <laughs> another Netflix or Disney Plus. I'm ready to switch. It's not yet here though in oh. this country. Yeah, I'm ready to switch. <laughs> Damn man, <laughs> just ship quick. <laughs> Whoever sponsors me, uh, I'm wh- for wh- hire. Wh- what was that? What else you're watching? Other it, other movie, also Netflix original, The King. My brother saw that. Yeah, he recommended it. It stars Timothy Chalamet, and it's like a historical, like movie. It's like medieval king, King Henry the Fourth, I think. Okay. And just his story, it's just um, I don't think he was like a famous king. I never heard of King Henry the Fourth of England before. But it's an interesting story, very serious. Like uh, if you watched um, what's the one with Chris Pine where he's like the Scottish king? And it's, it's also Netflix. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So if you watch that movie, it's around similar. <laughs> I guess like 
I wouldn't say like Braveheart. Yeah, no, maybe. It's a period piece. Period basically. piece. Also like war and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. Rob Robert Pattinson's in it, and he plays like a French, the French prince, okay. and he he goes with a super over the top accent. Ah shit. But no, it, that's we, good. The way that it got perceived was it's so over the top that it was like a he did it on purpose as like a comical thing, because the prince, as a character himself, is kind of like a, like. Just a joke. Just a joke. Okay. Like he acts like he's like the best. Uh, He's really not. Yeah. So the accent kind of makes that even more more defined. Okay. Right. So he says things like "I will kill you," but his accent is so crazy. I will kill you. Something like that. (laughs) Like it's a caricature of a French accent. Okay. So it works. Okay. Okay. Sure. Sure. I just I just want him to be good for Batman. I know, but (laughs) the way I saw it and the things that I read about it is like. He's trying to shake off that like the Twilight and Harry Potter image and show you just like good I can luck, try bro. just try to be an actor and show you different things. So I think this was a good example of that. He has another movie out now, The Lighthouse or something. I mean, he ha- he's had serious movies after yeah. Harry Potter. And, again, and I wish him the best because Batman is my favorite comic book hero. Yeah. So seems like a cool guy, no man. Yeah, in general. So does Kristen Stewart, but you know, I'm not crazy about her movies. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um. And what is the devil next door? Oh, uh, it's a Netflix <laughs> documentary. Seriously, series. they can't. They don't even have to sponsor us, man. We do the <laughs> legwork for them. It's like five episodes. It's just like making a murderer style. It's about a a guy that they thought was like a Nazi war criminal, and the uh, the contentious part was he was saying it w- it was mistaken identity, like they were saying like you're this person. We have evidence from like whatever. Yeah. And he was saying like, no, that's not me at all. And it's just how his case went. I want. I don't want to spoil how it, how like it sure. went because it has a few twists. Talaga. It's a docu series. Yeah, just five episodes too. Okay, I I really appreciate the the sh- the limited docu series style. I don't like having continuous. Yeah, sure. You know, and j- just to see some finality. Yeah. Although the ones that are like more current and they don't end with like a decision is kind of like hassle. Yeah. Like first, the first season of making a murder because they yeah. were like, oh, he could still appeal. I'm like, well, what? But why they, did we make this? But that's why they came back with a second season because they were like, people still want to know his story. Mm-hmm. So those are good. Sure. But like this one is over and done with. So yeah. Okay. Nothing else to debate. That's the devil next door. I think so. Okay. But <laughs> <laughs> if you whatever if you mistake, has a similar name. Yeah. If you mistakenly pl- play like the devil wears Proud, it's not like a total or, loss. Or devil man cry baby. <laughs> still pretty good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so is that all? Is Last that bit. Um, mm-hmm. our new, my new activity specifically, we tried going um bouldering. Yeah. Um, we went for our friend Binky's birthday, and um, bouldering is basically a form of rock climbing. There's no ropes because you don't go as high. Maybe you go like two and a half people stacked up, like standing on top of each yeah. other. That's about as high as you get. Like fifteen feet max. Yeah, I'd say. And the floor is really padded, so when you jump down, no problem. Yeah. Um. Well, it's just a new activity to try to conquer. Very technical skill. Mm-hmm. Um, hard physically and then technically. So those are the two aspects you come together. Controlling your body but at the same time using the right techniques and so forth. Yeah. Uh, we did it at uh, the Bouldering Hive slash Beehive which is in Circuit Makati. Check it out. Yeah. I would like to plug that because it's a really good place. I think they really um, respect the sport and try to show it in a way where you come to learn and you'll learn it in a, a good environment. There are a lot of great climbers there. Um, a lot of our friends also climb. Shout out to Laws, Liz, um, 
Pato, Pato, other people yeah, in the Sean, our group. Yeah, a bunch of people who've been on the show. Yeah, so people are at, like more people are coming, and uh, that's it's it's great to see. I've gone six times total, in about like what a month or two. I did. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, dude. It's fun. I, I do want to yeah, go, but I fun. work far away from Circuit Makati. So if you guys want to try like a new activity, which is also a good workout, bouldering, man. Yeah. And, you know, just quickly before we move on to me, I I want to just double down on it's a It feels like a very nurturing environment for new climbers. Like when you go there, it's just a cozy spot. You can sit, watch other climbers, and then try your own thing and it just feels so safe one thing that I really enjoy is like you're doing uh, routes on the same walls as people who are doing like the super difficult routes right yeah so you take turns like they do it they then finish they give you a chance to do your route um, but you don't feel like a lot of judgment yeah because the routes that I'm doing they can do in a breeze yeah. but they can see me that like it's my peak like my the, the edge of my ability so far right Mm-hmm. But when they finish, they congratulate you all the same because they're like, we know how hard it takes to do something that's difficult for whatever you're feeling, regardless of like the objective, whether it's like a five star level, 10, like 10 yeah. difficulty, whatever. It's just like finishing your personal, like they call it problem, which is like the root is in itself like an achievement. So people who start in the easiest routes, you finish the achievement feels the same people don't say like oh it's easy mm-hmm. don't don't even like try to that just sounds like a yeah. healthy environment and they help out even if it's like for them it's like it's simple for me but like let's see what we can do will work for you mm-hmm. good stuff yeah I I can only agree so that is bouldering at yes. the Beehive yes Circuit Makati I think there are a few other places like Climb Central mm-hmm. which have bouldering but it's not they're, it's not dedicated to bouldering because they're the other climbing like rock like, uh, like with harnesses yeah one's called top rope which is the, usually the, like the one you see like really high wall you have a rope that kind of like a pulley to mm-hmm. help you and there's one called lead climbing which is um, still with a rope okay yeah and if you want to learn more about what bouldering is like uh, but on an extreme level you can watch the movie Free Solo <laughs> <laughs> That's not really bouldering anymore because bouldering is supposed yeah. to not be that high. Yeah. But it's the same. It's climbing in itself. With no heart. Yeah. <laughs> I meant check like the socials of Beehive. I think it's Beehive PH on like Instagram to see. They have a competition coming up this weekend. Oh, it's this weekend. Yeah, it's like a, a national competition. So if you go there, you might be able to watch like um like elite level people. Okay. So it's a good way to see like how fun it is and what you can do. It's pretty crazy. Cool. And I'm afraid of heights, so I mean like <laughs> Same. I've been showing Cloud like the videos. I'm I'm doing stuff like I didn't expect to do, especially the first time we went there, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's why it's like progress is important and uh it happens. Like you, you at the first time you might go, you're like, no chance I'll ever do the this this certain like route. And then a few times later you're like, Oh yeah, I did it now. <laughs> Cool you hear stuff. that, Bianca? <laughs> Progress happens. You just have to try it. Yeah, dude. I've seen a few of our other friends there. Um, Q was there last Saturday. Oh, really? Yeah. Ba- Banzon? Yeah. Okay. With Max. Okay. Yeah. Just like we didn't know they'd be there and they yeah. tried it. And That's he, nice. Yeah. It's fun. All right. Okay. So. Uh, that's a lot. Sorry. It, it's been a month. That's fine. Honestly, <laughs> I have a few as well. I have like four on my list. And I, I guess I said the Joker one too. So... First off, I've been watching this show, or I've finished watching two seasons of the show Fleabag. 
I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a British comedy drama by written and starred uh, and starred by starring <laughs> starring starring Phoebe Waller Bridge. She's a English British comedian uh, playwright. It's based on her one woman show that she performed in 2013. It's basically about this girl who lives in London and she makes a lot of poor life decisions. <laughs> and uh, at first, you don't really understand why she's making all these poor life decisions. And as the series goes on, you learn more about her and about uh, significant experiences that she goes through that kind of uh, basically led her to to make the kind of choices that she does. It's really well written. The characters are like stabbingly funny. Just the jokes are so British. I think you'd really enjoy it because um, it's dry British humor. But Mm -hmm. it just, it's just a little more, like, they're just a little bit more cheeky about it than normally. Because you know, normally in British humor, it's like I'm gonna say this joke and no one's gonna react to it. (laughs) But in in the show, she speaks to the camera in first person, so there's like a little bit more of Uh, like, uh, okay, yeah. So I I really enjoy that show. It's one eleven. Oh, sorry. Won six Emmys. Was nominated for 11. Is it new? Uh, it started in 2017. So relatively. Relatively. She also won uh, the British Academy Television Award for Best Female Comedy Performance. I don't know why it has to be categorized as female comedy performance, but... That's another <laughs> yeah, topic for another for, Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, it's a really good uh, series. There's two seasons of it, and I think there's going to be a third and final season. So... I'm looking forward to that. I also watched Midsummer, which is the folk horror movie directed by Ari Aster. He's the director of Hereditary. Uh, if I you, know it, but yeah. I don't like watching it. Like, no, I, I don't either. I didn't watch Hereditary, but I heard it's a pretty good horror movie. And I got to say, this is a really good horror movie because it's not monsters. It's just a psycho horror movie, <laughs> but it's not like a thriller Per se, you know how like suspense and stuff. No, yeah. Here it's like the things you're watching in front of you are just horrifying to witness. So mm. like she's this girl who, oh, starring Laura, uh, Florence Pugh, she's amazing actress. She it's basically about this girl who loses her entire family in a tragedy, and uh, she's going through grief, and her boyfriend brings her to a midsummer festival in Sweden because uh-huh. they have like a Swedish friend sure. who has like he brings them to their town for the midsummer festival and one thing leads to another and the festival is not what they thought it was <laughs> going to be <laughs> that's all i'm going to say without spoiling but it is a it is a, a really good movie i don't like horror movies and this was very disturbing but i really do recommend it if you're into Horror movies, or if you're just into good cinema, who should not watch it? I don't guess. watch it if you don't like uh, gore. Sure, there's a lot of gore. Um, don't watch it if you're sensitive to uh, mental health concerns. Yeah, being, if you have your own. Yeah, like you know, you're going like, to something on your yeah, own. Yeah, if you maybe feel not. like you, if you feel like you could be triggered by um, witnessing a lot of, uh, basically, a lot of people who are treating someone with a with, you're going through something difficult very yeah. poorly. There's a lot of gaslighting in this movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, gaslighting is basically a form of domestic abuse where you make the person feel like their reactions to everything are unreasonable and they're being crazy. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 
again if those kinds of things trigger you then maybe stay away but otherwise if you're into like dark <laughs> um uh like she, the cry of Florence Pugh in this movie is pure it's so visceral i've never heard a better cinema cry Ooh. in my life when i heard it it haunted me <laughs> yeah that's the thing that might stick so yeah, yeah it really was the thing it will stick i promise because it is messed up but very good movie very well written um yeah, that's Midsummer, and spelled S O S O M M A R, spelled like Midsummer. <laughs> Must be Swedish. Then. It, it is Swedish. Uh, other things in in video games, I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Five again. It's an it's an old game. Came out maybe two years ago, <laughs> but I didn't have money for a new game because I bought an iPad. So <laughs> I just played my old games and guess what Metal Gear Solid 5 I think could be could be my favorite video game ever could be one of my favorite vi- vi- video games ever. It's not perfect, you know. It doesn't have a great story. Like I have no idea what's happening in this <laughs> game, but it has such an addicting gameplay loop of infiltrating bases and upgrading materials and upgrading your base mm-hmm. that I can't stop doing. <laughs> Did you finish it the first time that you played it? No. No, I, I got maybe 15 hours in the first time. And then now I think I'm, I'm maybe maybe like 40 hours in. Uh-huh. It's really good. It's really good. There's a lot of... I'm not even sure if the side quests are like procedurally generated because they just don't stop coming. And some of the bases are like reused, so I'm assuming they're procedurally generated. But it's a lot of fun. It this it has not aged poorly yet. Uh, Hideo Kojima just released his game recently, uh, Death Stranding, and I would say it's probably more action packed than that. So if you're not if you're on the fence about Death Stranding, <laughs> why don't you look at uh, Metal Gear Solid Five first? If you're looking for something a little bit faster paced and a little bit um, more action oriented. Lastly. Another reason that I'm broke is because I upgraded my old laptop. I didn't upgrade to a new laptop. I just upgraded the parts. I bought a new SSD and a RAM. Basically, that's my hard drive and my RAM. (laughs) I don't know how to explain RAM, but people who know computers, it's basically like your... Random access memory. Yeah, it's like your your functioning memory like for all the things that are happening in real time on your computer. Um, it's great it runs like new basically I'm really happy with it but took a big hit to my wallet again how much does that cost uh, I'd rather not say on, on the sure on the program less than a new laptop of course. for sure for sure Um, hit me up if you want to know I have a good hookup uh, Sir Arnell you are amazing it came with a bunch of sound software licensed sound editing softwares and video editing software so i'm i'm very which is probably a lot of the clientele that he had deals yes yes he he deals with a lot of professional musicians uh he was low-key like mad name dropping when he was talking to me about his other clients but (laughs) it kind of made me trust him more and he works quick overnight so how much ram does your laptop have now now i have 16 from four so it's night and day yeah (laughs) And I have one terabyte SSD from 500. Um, SSD is the main factor. Yeah. Like, just because of read and write speeds, yep. uploading. But yeah, I mean, like the size itself is nice to have. One terabyte is pretty yep. essential. Really now, helped. Like, all the media that you consume. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so yeah, that's it for what I've been consuming. Also, yeah, I watched The Joker again. <laughs> uh, I have other stuff, but I'm gonna save those for maybe other episodes because I do want to get to our questions. But before that, I would like to re introduce ourselves because the NBA season is live people we're going in to the sports mentor it's only game why you have to be mad Giannis trailing the lob oh. Oh. LeBron James with no regard for human life welcome back people for all of those that you know, there, there's for all of our friends that tell us they don't, they like to skip the sports mentor segment. A lot of random listeners really enjoy it, like maybe. a bunch of just like people we don't know. Maybe because it's not us, it's you. Yeah, <laughs> maybe you're the problem, <laughs> Sab. Oh, <laughs> joke lang. Um, so, yeah, we don't mind if you don't like sports. Yeah, no, it's, we don't mind if you don't like our show. Don't <laughs> listen to it. <laughs> So the NBA season is back in full swing. Yes. We're like, what, 12 games in? For most teams, yeah. Yeah. 12, um, 13. Boy, what a season it has been, and it's just starting. <laughs> These, It's so well balanced now, <laughs> at least in the West. I just feel like it's it's so fun to watch basketball again. You know, I don't get, I don't get bored when I'm watching the Warriors because <laughs> the Warriors suck now. Because <laughs> I don't watch the Warriors. Because I don't watch the Warriors. <laughs> but we're taking a hiatus on fuck the Warriors because well, it's not their fault. Yeah, bad luck has struck them yeah, to Steph, the core. Steph Curry <laughs> fractured his hand. Clay Thompson still recovering from an ACL. Um, Draymond is just not. I he's mean, not the, your number one guy. Yeah, he's not the player who's gonna catch D'Lo. I think that's what right. Right like thumb a, sprain or something. Yeah, just out for a week or two. Mm-hmm. But uh, the rise of Eric Pascal. So. Hey, <laughs> the rise, more okay. The, uh, fine, the birth, the birth. He's something, but He's like something, man. Uh, I'm just saying, like all the Warriors diehard fans, man. You're just gonna have to like, rough it. Yeah, rough it. Okay, this is coming from a Phoenix Suns and Clippers fan, so. Yeah. Like if you just joined during the golden era, then fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Don't talk to me about difficult fan base. <laughs> All I'm saying is like it might not get better right away. <laughs> Next year looks good for you guys though. You I might get guess, first pick. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. They're worse than the league right now. Yeah. Or or it might be New York. Um also, yo, Mark. I mean, we knew that the Clippers <laughs> were gonna be doing well coming in, but Surprise, surprise, bro. Even I did not know. (laughs) I'm just going to apologize to James Jones as GM. (laughs) I thought that the moves we made were kind of like nothing to to write home about. Signing Ricky Rubio, like um, Aaron Baines, Frank Kaminsky. But these are the guys who have been changing the, the, basically the fortune of uh, the Suns. So they're like a lot of glue guys. And they're physical. They're playing yeah. physical. If you watch them, they're playing hard D. Booker can play defense? Like what? People are saying <laughs> it's because he, he he was allowed to not take over point guard. So he has more energy to play defense sure. and things like that. Makes sense. Um, We're not playing so well recently though. Just the last two games we've lost. So I think we're like seven and five or something. Yeah. We lost to the Kings today. It happens. Yeah. We Ar- Aaron Baines didn't play today. DeAndre Ayton is still out for his suspension. Uh, PEDs. Yeah. So <laughs> kind of a weird one. So like what the thing is, it's like we're a good team when we're complete. 
Um, but yeah, we we can't take a lot of like injuries. That's probably sure. the case. Yeah, actually, okay, your starting five is pretty damn strong, but your bench is where it gets a bit thin. They can get inconsistent. Yeah, uh, like. Kaminsky is good. He has like, good games. He cooked the Clippers. You guys beat the Clippers in our second game. But in other games, like he struggled still. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy for the Suns. I'm happy for Devin Booker. Yeah, it's just nice to watch. Yeah. It's good um, basketball. Yeah, it's fun. When they're playing well, it's like, you know, team basketball. They're having good times. Mm-hmm. And uh, It's not just Devin Booker taking 40 shots. <laughs> yeah, if you watch him play, he, he, he picks his shots really well. Ricky Rubio, man. He's a big Ricky factor. Rubio, yeah, I like I like big how he's factor. been playing. Um, other news in the NBA: Carmelo Anthony <laughs> has returned. He's officially back he, he, today. Today yeah, was his first, first game. game with the Portland Trailblazers. Shout out Iggy, <laughs> we know you're showing that love, bro. <laughs> I just wanted to say, here it I comes. Did, I didn't like. No, I, I'm okay with Melo. <laughs> Although I think like. People expect a lot from him, mm-hmm. but I think that's like a bit more nostalgia than actual like recent performance. Yeah. Because if you like, you look at his past years before he took a break or didn't get signed, he was doing like average to below average like production. Yeah. At that point in his career, and then, you know, this this first game today, he had ten and four, shot four for fourteen. Yeah. It wasn't a good game, but like Dame, somehow the game wasn't there though. Yeah, I mean. But just like in terms of individual stats, he could have sure. been like efficiency is the thing. Doesn't matter who's there, who's not, right? Yeah, yeah. Take good shots is always gonna. But what what what's weird was like the way the media covered it, like Bleacher Report, but um or House of Highlights, one of or the Score, pala, sorry. Yeah. Their post basically said like Carmelo's return: ten points, four rebounds, two out of three from three points. Yeah. So I was like, that's a little bit misleading because you think like, oh, shot well, two out of three from three. But his overall field goal percentage. 4 out of 14, right? Yeah. So I'm like, um, guys. <laughs> I, I like Melo too. He used to be my favorite like in Denver. But like, it's okay to say like he's not at the like, performing that well right now. I think I think it's more people that are just happy he's back in the league. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Yeah. And I mean, the media is always going to be the media. I think it's more just like, if you expected him just to be a role player and he performed that well like Dwight, then people would be happy. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be... Um, so critical, I, but they I, keep expecting like mellow, like New York yeah. Knicks mellow, and they're like or like Denver mellow. Yeah, I, I think I'll say this: I watched the game at least the first two quarters where he did play his best. I guess he looked good, man. Like he looked like he was playing physical. He was boxing people out strong. I think he was just happy to be back. Picks. Yeah, he was happy to be back, but it looked like he was ready to make a concerted effort to be. Uh, a good teammate, you know, because Dame wasn't there, so he did take those shots and like he missed them, but like whatever, he's taking them because they need offense. Yeah. And CJ hasn't been playing well this year, so I'm I'm excited. I'm optimistic, cautiously optimistic. I still think there may be like a piece away from being like even. Because yeah, scary. Portland's not doing that well. Yeah, they're not. They're not in playoff contention right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just to be fair, it could be just rust. He yeah. hasn't played for a while. Yeah. He might have better games this season. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, we can be fair to Melo. I don't think it's bad-mouthing to say he didn't play a good game today. Mm-hmm. Not le- Like, one of those not-the-best-performances-for-Melo captions. Yeah. But, it's just like, but good to have him back. Yeah. I like seeing him out there, but 
we'd like to see him play better too. Sure. Okay. Uh, so you heard it here first. Mark hates Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the mellow. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Uh, mad respect for Melo. Um, also, another storyline that I've been following pretty closely because I think they are the greatest threat to the Clippers. The LA Lakers are looking like world beaters right now. They have the number one defense in the league. When I was pretty, uh, I guess I was pretty low on them for defense. I didn't think they'd be that good, but mm-hmm. damn, they are <laughs> locking people down. They look good, man. And Dwight Howard is yeah. like good again. Fuck. I think he's just enjoying. I think he's, he's been just... the type of player where emotions lead a lot of his yeah. his play. Yeah. So to be in a happy situation with like good fans, they like him now. Yeah. So like I think that because brings he's up playing it. well. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean like that brings up his confidence even more, and it's like a a, a positive feedback. I'm happy for him. He he used to be my favorite basketball player until he got weird. Um, <laughs> and I just it's just, I'm I like seeing happy athletes, happy pro athletes. It's just it makes me optimistic that. They don't live these weird alien lives. Fair enough, dude. Yeah. They're people too. They are. Under a lot more pressure on a regular basis than probably you or I. Yeah. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm pretty worried because, you know, I'm a Clippers fan, so I can just never be optimistic. I'm, I'm always worried that we're going to lose. So I just, but it looks good. We look good too. You know, Paul George just came back. He's been playing well. We... Recently, just beat the Hawks and the Thunder. The Thunder, Paul George hit the dagger three. So, <laughs> I, I'm I'm looking forward to our game against the Celtics. I think it's going to be the first game with Kawhi and Paul George together, and then we're going to play the Rockets after that. So that th- those are two good matchups to really see what what a full Clippers lineup yeah. would look like. I don't think you're going to be the best regular season team, but yeah, it's like in a playoff series where it would be a fine yeah i think i think our like people are saying that our defense didn't live up to the hype but once paul george and Kawhi are on the court together i think the the story will change uh that's pretty much all i want to talk about now for the nba and for sports really yeah i don't want to go too heavy yeah we have a long i, I, I want to go into the questions really like i'm pretty excited to go through these questions so there's I guess, a lot of them yeah or, I guess thanks for that actually yeah, yeah. i didn't expect these many um, I, I guess we're just going to go straight Holy into shit. it. We don't have like a sound segment for this because I didn't, I didn't think of, yeah. I didn't know. There's like nothing. We haven't really done this before. And like, I don't think it's going to be a regular segment. I don't, per I, se. I don't, not necessarily, unless people write in, but like, that's not going to happen. Often. Maybe after a long time, it would be Maybe. proper to do it again. Yeah. But so, who knows, who knows? But yeah, uh, thank you to everybody who sent in questions. Uh, whether it was through comments, through DM, through uh, snail mail, snail it's mail, okay. and uh, Morse code. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Uh, there's like a bunch here. Some people asked two questions. So, and and some of these people were just usernames, and I couldn't view their full names um, on Instagram. So forgive me, and also forgive me if I mispronounce some of your names. I'm not the best reader. Uh, to begin with, but I think it's called the readist, bro. Oh, sorry. T- see what I mean. Um, <laughs> anyway, without further ado, let's just get straight into these. Uh, I think, I think we can probably start with the first one. This We're is, just going in random order. Yeah, I'm just gonna go in random order, but we'll probably start with the first question on the list. This is from Katrina Baniked. Um, she asks, "What are your top three musical influences?" 
Mark, yours is here already. I still have to give mine like a bit of thought. So. Yeah. Um, just this is off the top of my head. I. So I guess this this is my like honest answer. <laughs> um, I put um, old Kanye West. I'm not so sure about him right now, but like in terms of music, when I heard like um, late registration as an album, then went backwards to college dropout. That's where I was like hip hop music. I was like really enjoying it and hearing songs like "Touch the Sky," "Hey Hey Mama," um, "Through the Wire," things like that. Mm-hmm. And in terms of like since we make hip hop music per se, where does like where do I get my my like DNA from? It would still be his style because he was like the bridge between old school sampling and then starting to make full productions and like melodic or like the peak of like melodic sounding beats yeah so that's where like that's the level where I'm always trying to like say that's the peak of the mountaintop in terms of like musical influence in that respect in terms of like as a listener of music like what I grew up with the Beatles is number one like as a kid that's really what I grew up with like I skipped a lot of like uh, like uh, like alternative rock like mm-hmm. I didn't do a lot of those like Green Day sure. My Chemical Romance I was still listening to the Beatles at that time or and even up till now so it's just that as, mo- as I grew more and more what I learned about them was like um, the way they made songs is like simple but there's a lot of thought into it at least like when people analyze it like oh the way they play bass, the way that they pick chords is there's a bit more to it than just like regular rock chords, which I like. Yeah. The last is um Jackson Brown, who's my favorite artist of all time. I don't know if most people would know him. He's like a seventies like country rock slash folk singer, along the veins of like the Eagles, maybe like Crosby Stills Nash, okay, Neil Young, those types. Okay. Yeah. And um I just really like his songs, how he writes and uh he made this song called These Days, um, originally performed by Nico. Okay. Uh, then he has his own version. It's one of my favorite songs of all time. And the uh, the way that I grew to, uh, for him to be my favorite artist is like I saw an interview of him where he was basically saying, most people think that writing songs is a like, uh, like inspirational thing. You just wake up one day with songs. Mm-hmm. But he's like, no, the way I do it is I s- sit down every day uh, at the piano Work, work on these songs like do it again and then the next day build on it so yeah. I was like wow it's like a musician whose lyrics are so artistic but at the same time if you it's not for him as he said it's, like, it's not pure natural yeah. I was like I, I like that about him yeah it's like a, there's still something procedural yeah. about it yeah it, it, it all translates to how like I envision myself like us making music because I think I'm not the most naturally talented musician mm-hmm. like I don't play instruments that well I don't think I like, like singing and things are not my forte, but it's a lot of like if you can take the tools that are given to you and think about them with a lot of intent and care, then you can produce some of the best works of all time. Like these three artists that I named, which is like might not reach that, but it's like a someone something to look up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So for me. Definitely the Beatles and old Kanye too, but I don't <laughs> want to double down also. So I w- and it's hard for me to pick a top three because I'm just so easily influenced. <laughs> yeah, it was hard to pick a top three. That's why I said off the top of my head. Like yeah. you could name so many more. Yeah. So uh, I guess off the top of my head, I would say maybe uh, Frank Sinatra, first of all. Like I grew up 
with him like same with you with the Beatles like I was still listening to the Beatles while I was also listening to My Chemical Romance <laughs> and like Simple Plan and Fallout Boy but I I was juggling them at the same time but Frank Sinatra was the one that like I listened to him like he was one of the first artists I listened to because I was like hey I like this music uh-huh. not because like my dad was saying oh you should listen to this or my grandpa said you so know? it gets to the core of why you like music yeah you know like it brings back pretty, that feeling pretty much yeah. that same with the Beatles like it's yeah. just like aside from the songs themselves it's just like when I I get the feeling that this is why I like music mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. yeah good um in that same sense uh Burt Bacharach <laughs> was like a like a yeah. huge early influence for me. In fact, he was the writer of my first favorite song ever, which is uh, always something there to remind me. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, that song. that's that's like that was the first song I ever memorized and ever thought like this is my favorite song. Uh, <laughs> so, I know that's kind of out of left field. <laughs> yeah, these two are like yeah. really old school. But everyone knows Frank Sinatra. Yeah, of course. But like. <laughs> Even I wouldn't say everyone who knows him listens to him like every day, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like one of those guys you just say like, yeah, I like Frank Sinatra. And you know, Frank Sinatra didn't even write all of his own songs. I just loved the way he sang them and I loved the songs that were chosen for him or that he chose, you know. Fair enough, fair enough. So, uh, and lastly, that is is actually, I'm drawing a blank, like it's pretty hard. So I guess if I'm going to go to the roots of hip hop, although I would say that my style of rapping is... Just say Eminem, bro. Okay, here's the thing. I thought about it. I thought about it. I thought about it. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I thought about this. So Eminem is probably the greatest influence on my style of rapping. Uh But I wouldn't say he's the greatest influence on my taste of music. Fair enough. Not all his songs are like... Yeah, like he's... Enjoyable. He he was the best when he was a really vulgar artist. (laughs) Um, So I think in terms of hip-hop, I'm gonna have to say... uh, Maybe maybe a tribe called Quest. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, like they were just definitive for me. They were the ones that made me think. When I watched their documentary Beats, Rhymes, and Life, I thought, I think I can rap. You know, I think <laughs> I can just do this, and no one will judge me. <laughs> and I realized people will judge you, but I don't care. So that's the thank you, tribe called Quest. Nice. And I just love their personalities, the three of them. Like, they're just different parts of a whole thing that is beautiful. And they were part of a lot of nice movements. And they were just, they're awesome. They have great music. I, I don't think there's a single Tribe Called Quest album I don't enjoy. Uh, so, yeah, those are our top three musical influences each. I don't think, sorry, we took a while on one question. I don't know if know. we can do that so much. So I know, but sorry if we like for some questions we like uh, breeze kind of breeze through. Yeah. Well, some of these are like joke questions, so it's fine. <laughs> um, like okay, this next one we can probably breeze through this one. Uh, Scarly Pastor Rhymes asks, "Who would win in a street fight, Clow or Mark?" Now, Clow. now, Clow. okay, okay. Now, off the bat, you would think Clow, but I, I would Th- say it would be confirmed. I would say um, anyone can win any street fight. Everyone has a puncher's chance. Depends who's closest to the weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. But if I would bet my money, Clow, he did martial arts and stuff. Yeah. There's a lot more like uh, training already involved. Sure. I would also pick Clow. No, no shame. No shame. No shame. The guys from the Scrapyard ask, "What is your favorite podcast, and why is it the Scrapyard? <laughs> which of the two hosts are your favorite, and why is it Johnny?" <laughs> I I wonder which of the two hosts asked this question. Um, 
But they say, uh, kidding aside, happy to see you guys hit your 20th. How is it being ba- uh, how has it been balancing both producing and making music versus your podcast? Do you prioritize one over the other? Also, we need to uh, we need to we need you on our show as for a guest app. Uh, slide into those DMs. So <laughs> we will definitely slide into your DMs, Scrapyard Boys. Uh, Mark, what do you think about this one? Quick answer is we don't balance it well. <laughs> we really don't. Like we just do one and then when we have time for the other, we do it. Yeah. We try to make schedules. I mean, it's important. I think the idea is like we have like big picture goals for each and we don't want to lose sight of each one. Mm-hmm. So that's how we make sure that when it's time to do one or the other, then it's time. Yeah. But uh, like not on a regular basis. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I agree that we don't, we're not super organized. Like I'll tell Mark maybe like a week in advance if, if I was able to book a guest or not. Um, something that we did learn from doing both is that it kind of reinvigorates you on either end. So then it's then. like when, when we're kind of fatigued from making music, we make a podcast. It's like quick, yeah, that's part uh, quick of it. output. Then the podcast kind of like you know, if we don't feel like we have anything to say, maybe we meet up do some recording so there's there is a balance but i don't think we've actually like explicitly worked one out just yet also because the podcast is relatively new and we both also work around a lot of other yeah work schedules and like personal hobbies yeah so it's more of balancing all of those things yeah yeah uh jill asks well oh yeah i just don't want to say for people who want to do something like that Mm -hmm. like go into these types of Mm -hmm. things it's like if you want to make something then you at some point, you just have to like buckle down and say, I'll do it this day. Like this 20th episode, it was delayed and stuff, but we're like, we have to do it. So let's just do it. Yeah. So in terms of balancing, it can be out of necessity at some point. Yeah. Just to say, like, if I'm taking it seriously, then it's time to do this. Yeah. And I think just don't get too intimidated by the idea of having to balance two different things you know the first step to doing anything is just actually doing it sitting down and doing it yeah and still have fun <laughs> yeah definitely remember that you're doing it because you want to not because you're being forced to unlike me <laughs> fuck off <laughs> uh jill asks what do you most look forward to about getting old damn um you can go first uh well Whenever I think of myself as like an old wrinkly raisin, I think like I'm just excited to not have to do anything. You know, (laughs) like every day I wake up and I'm I have like a a shopping list of how much things I have to get done in the day, and one day I won't have to worry about that. Hopefully, (laughs) (laughs) if everything works out, yeah, if everything works out, um, I will be able to just relax. One thing I do hope I can still do when I'm older is play video games. Sure. I hope I don't get like cataracts or arthritis. Yeah, like fingers and stuff it yeah. hurts or whatever. Yeah. If I can still play video games when I'm old, I'm pretty much set. Maybe they have these like video games where it just like passes through your mind at that point. Okay. Like, new ropes. Yeah. Yeah. Like AR, VR type stuff. And like you control using your mind. Yeah. You're just like thinking, I won't want to be there. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know. Like Roy from Rick and Morty. Sure. That sounds like a lot of fun. Do you, uh, do you have an answer to this? Oh yeah, yeah. I thought of it now. I think one is like uh, just to like uh, have so much experience that you can cut through all the bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like sure. when you're old, it's just like you don't sweat the little things anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, we try to do that now. Like, try not to overthink things and mm-hmm. 
care too much about things that won't matter in the long run. But I think when you're old, it's a lot easier because you've like just uh, one experience mm-hmm. that you have gained, and second is just like you don't have as much time. It's like what's the point? Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's yeah. that's pretty much a fair point. So it's like if I could do that now, why not? Yeah. Isn't there a quote? It's like um. It's such a sad thing that youth is wasted on the young, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that yeah. along those lines, yeah. right? Youth is wasted on the young. Yeah, yeah that's the quote. Um, oh, back to Katrina. I forgot to ask her second question. She asks, "What are your go-to videoke songs?" <laughs> you can go first. Okay, mine is "Let Me Be the One" by Jimmy Bondok. Is that on a lot of video game that machines? That is in all video oh, really? game machines. That and the. Uh, 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 ngayon ka lang are like sure sh- sure on any Filipino video game machine what about I, you I don't have one now that I think about it but like when I was a kid and like family reunions and stuff my go-to song was always Come Together by the Beatles okay. it's not the most like melodic song it's yeah, a lot yeah. more like chanting-ish right yeah, yeah, yeah. so that one and then my second was like Let It Be which is way harder now than, <laughs> than, than, used to than when we were kids. kids yeah for sure uh, Michael, uh, number one fan, Michael. Not to like make other fans feel bad, but he really does write in the most, and he has come <laughs> to see us in person and talk to us. Um, he asks, if you were to interview a famous celebrity, who would it be, and what would your questions be? What was your answer? Um, I put down three. I put, but I think I'm just gonna stick to one. Conan O'Brien. I think I would interview Conan because. That's your number one. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's kind of like my life peg right now. <laughs> he just does everything and he's extremely funny, but he's surgical in his writing. And uh, I just have a lot. To, uh, he has such great answers to stuff and he seems like he's so good to bounce off of. Yeah. When I listen to his podcast, watch his show, he's he just seems like he'd be so entertaining to talk to. Off the top of my head, I thought maybe Jackson Brown again, just because number one. Like, is he still alive? Yeah, he's okay. like um, 60s, 70s. Okay. Like Paul McCartney age or a bit yeah, younger. Yeah. But he's like still, he's a real version of him, not like Paul McCartney. Like <laughs> Dude, he performs well, but then. Really? Yeah. Bob Dylan doesn't anymore yeah, now. I, don't I heard know. it's not that good anymore. Um, but I think my 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 sure answer would have been Anapala, Dave Chappelle. Oh, yeah. dude, good good but answer. But the, the the only caveat is I feel like it would be <coughs> a lot of pressure to ask him the right questions. Yeah. Well, same with Conan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but like, I the because the it's way a pipe I, dream, bro. the way I understand like Jackson Brown from what I've seen and heard is it would be a, just a casual conversation. Yeah. And he would respect. And Dave Chappelle seems like you'd have to come with a lot of knowledge and like, um. Just the right question. Mm-hmm. You don't want to ask something dumb. That's what I feel. I think I think it's kind of hard to say what our questions would be, uh, because, you know, I, uh, again, it would feel like a lot of pressure. I guess the f- the, the the main thing I would ask Conan is, wh- what has, how would he describe his own journey going through becoming the person that he is and like, yeah, I know, would like I would imagine it going. Like our podcast, yeah. like not a singular question that's pointed, but mm-hmm. it's more of just like we will get to know you by just talking to talking. you. Talking, yeah. yeah. I also think we'll get more like good stuff out of that. Um. So Francis Claudine Vasquez 
asks, if you <coughs> dropped everything and went on a road trip, where would you go? Um, let's assume like even f- like flying out. Let's say. Oh, if it's flying out, yeah, it's that's not really a road trip. Okay, fine. Then road, road trip's trip. hard because I mean, like, ideally, yeah, it would be a place like um like Tokyo or London, like a big city with like a lot of stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but around here, like a local road trip, um, not really a beach. I'm not like always like hundred yeah, percent yeah, beach yeah. person. Uh, what did you put? <laughs> I put Sagada or like the mountain yeah, province. Something I just, like that. I feel like it would be like for a great scenic route. Um, pretty awesome culture when you get there. And I love mountains. Yeah, I just, I'm a yeah. mountain person. I like cold areas, even if I'm afraid of heights. Yeah, I'm not really like a, like water hundred percent, but like I have, I, it, that's fine. Yeah, but it's I mean, fine. like if it's like a nice like like a nice mountain place, I'd pick it over. Sure. Nice. Yeah. So I go with that. Right. Like. Yeah. The, that's a safe bet I think for the two of us I was like thinking Baguio but then it's not it's a little too commercial yeah now, that's right Sagada, Sagada Mountain Province like that area just it feels I feel like it would be and we've been there so it's like yeah, yeah I, or like I remember Kalinga, you know yeah. and, and there's no more weed there so you can't get mad at us <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're definitely not going for that <laughs> um, Brian Christopher asks enjoy your sports mentor segment Told you, Sab. Uh, which sports do you wish you were uh, good at? All and of them. Which famous athlete would you want to have one on one with on their sport? Okay, can I just say that question? I would never want to play one on one with any professional athlete because well, if I was really good, it would be nice. Oh well, sure. Yeah. Okay. So, what sports specific? Let's let's say top three. Top three. One is still tennis. So I'd want to play against like Roger Federer, I guess, more than Nadal, no man. Mm-hmm. Um. Second like F1. They just look like oh, they live. Sick. Like yeah. If you're good at that, you're like, wow. Yeah. Because like you can apply that even just driving on a regular basis. Yeah. When they drive other people around tracks, everyone's yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Crazy. Sick. sick. Yeah. They're like, you want to see me drift? Want to make? Want to do donuts? Yeah. Um, one on one there it doesn't really matter. Maybe Ayrton Senna, just because of the movie we watched. Like, it's just nice to compete against people who are mm-hmm. like the the emblem of that sport yeah. like in like just to see where you stack up against yeah the and then third actually just those two okay maybe if i was like a super elite runner that would be pretty dope too yeah like a marathon like yeah like elio kipchoge I don't even know who that is. That's the world record guy. The, again, I'm not necessarily in. But did you world. not know he broke two hours for a marathon? Well, I knew someone did it. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I but you heard know. that news, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't go too. I think it's one it. hour fifty nine fifty. That's pretty sick. And I mean, like, just a quick aside. Like, people were saying like it was very controlled, controlled conditions because it wasn't like a real race. It was like a an experiment set up. Mm-hmm. So there were like a lot of things that wouldn't happen in a real mm-hmm. marathon. But then his actual world record in a real race is two hours, one minute. So I was like, oh, give and him two minutes, bro. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, come on. And also like the fact that he had to change so many things just to get two minutes off his time. Give him a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wow. Yeah. If he needed all that to get two minutes down, you know, I need the whole, I need to be in a car to get <laughs> the, the time down. You know what I mean? Like that, like... <laughs> Not much. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, I would personally Those say uh, basketball. First of all, like sure. I, I really wish I was good at basketball. <laughs> I, I'm good at football. I'm not good at basketball. 
Uh, MMA also. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I would have maybe thrown like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu down down there. In the I thought about it, but I was like, might as well just pick MMA, right? Like no, sometimes I like just like the little more limited sports. Yes, Jiu-Jitsu. I'd say if you're playing, if you're doing Jiu-Jitsu just on its own, there, it, it it gets really deep. It <laughs> does because I've also I've done Jiu-Jitsu in the past. I'm not great at it, but it, there's something addicting about it. But just MMA, it's the sport I love. To watch, to to consume, yeah, to sure. train for, even though I suck, um, and also street dancing slash <laughs> gymnastics. I'm not fucking around. Okay, I've it's been like a a life dream of mine to do a backflip. Well, maybe then <laughs> I'd put in like a sport like climbing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things because like when you see the elite people, it's like it's not flashy, but it's just like something that it's like like different level yeah. human thing. Um, and if I was good, okay, let's say one on one. MMA is basically one on one, so I guess I'd want to fight like uh, someone my size. <laughs> but maybe th- that's a boring answer. I'd pick basketball. If I was gonna play one on one basketball with someone, it would be either Kyrie or James Harden. Really? Someone that would just make me look foolish. I don't want to play against like LeBron or Kawhi or Paul George. They just outmuscle me, you know. Well, so would James like Harden. He's like pure competition. Well, yeah, that's that's true too. But depends how good getting good is uh, if we're at the same level then I don't care because like it would be like a <laughs> yeah. fun game yeah. but if you're talking about like just good enough where you don't look like a fool like you just train with them like yeah. you're like that then yeah maybe. I feel like I just feel like I'd pick Kyrie or James Harden because they do stuff to me and I'd be like whoa and that that would be a, a treat on its own <laughs> Um, so Kathleen Chan asks what are the biggest lessons you've learned from previous relationships? Uh, Mark, can you speak on this? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, so I, I guess I'll answer this one really, <laughs> really quick. Dick moves, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm they asked. Joking. They yeah, asked it. it Blame matter. Kathleen, but don't. She's great for writing, and thank you for writing it. I think mainly the main thing that I learned is make sure that your expectations for the relationship are clear. Uh, make sure that what you expect and what your partner expect are like communicated and <laughs> and that they're aligned you know because you can communicate them clearly but if you don't have the same idea of what your relationship is supposed to be then you're kind of wasting your time and you'd be surprised how many people know that what their partner wants is completely different from what they want but they just kind of lie to themselves and say oh I can make this work because it feels really good in the moment um so yeah, think big picture, basically, and respect each other at, well, the, at the end of the day. There's one thing that I got, which you could apply to, I guess, any form of a, a relationship mm-hmm. where there's a partnership, a give and take. Oh yeah, Mark and I are basically married. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it came from like Seth Rogen and his writing partner, uh-huh. Adam Goldberg, I think. Yeah. Yes. And they explained like how they prevent themselves from fighting or uh, getting like r- building resentment in a situation now where you have to give and take. Mm-hmm. And it's more of like when there's a, a choice that um yeah who whose choice gets to be like do we go with um it's nice to weigh it in a sense where let's see who this choice would matter more to okay like if let's say you're really passionate about going to a gig and i'm like lukewarm about it mm-hmm. if we say no i'll get my way but it was never really a big deal to me anyway because I said I was just lukewarm. Mm-hmm. It's not like I was passionately against it. But for us to say no to, to you and you were like saying, I really want to go, it's a bigger blow to to you in yeah. that sense. So in, in this scenario, it would be like, 
who would it matter more to if we just went with their choice? I mean, if if we do it, I'll be okay. That's good advice, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but if you don't, it's like a big thing for you. So yeah. I mean, like in any scenario, you could apply that. Like, let's just say you don't want to do a certain thing for somebody. It's like, if I do it, will it hurt me that much more than that person if they don't get their way? Maybe not. Maybe yes. Then at least you'll know. Like, maybe it's okay to give in now. Yeah. Take the L. It's a small L, but they get a big W. Yeah. Um, that was nice. Uh, thank you for that question. I didn't think I'd see that side of Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Seth Rogen. <laughs> <laughs> While on that uh, similar topic to that, Joyce WTF asks, um, as a listener, I realize that you two tend to shy away from being too personal in your podcast, probably because you focus on you put the focus on your guests. For the next season, I didn't, didn't know it was clear that we were splitting it. <laughs> yeah. uh, will we expect more personal sharing or an episode where you share about your childhood or anything personal? Uh, mm. I have some idea of what I'm going to answer to this, but wh- what do you think? I never really saw it that way. I thought when we share, it is it feels personal to me. But if you're thinking like more like deep down stuff, I don't think I, I think about it like explicitly. You know what I mean? Like... It never occurred to me that it's not like you'd want to know more. Mm-hmm. And I, it, like, I don't even know what you would want to know more yeah. about. It's just like what's relevant. I give you my opinion, which is built on uh, my personality. So I'm like, and your personal experience. Yeah, so it connects to to who I am as a person. So I thought like that's a window into it. Okay, but uh, I'd give it more thought. Let me think of like more consciously how to to show more like more depth to the answer I guess mm-hmm. or like why we say things that we say yeah uh, similarly I think that I've I've tried to be a bit more per, uh, a bit personal but I think also because it's I how do I say this I guess I'm still kind of taking the temperature of this format yeah for me for one thing it's like I don't want to talk about myself myself it's like I just want to talk about what myself in the context of this world mm-hmm. sometimes you know what I mean like I function in this world not like always 100% myself like you you kind of adapt yeah. because you need to take take into account other people's way of doing things so yeah. so I'm the, that's the way I talk on the podcast like how people might want like react in a certain scenario I can't like you know what I mean like yeah. that's how I would do it in, in public anyway like I would say it like this because I was like I want to be sensitive to how other people might feel mm-hmm I think, um, I think at least um, personally for me, I'll eventually, I'll probably get looser in terms of sharing personal stuff. Also, I don't think the opportunity has really presented itself. Yeah, we don't do any like we didn't do any topics that were like deeply too too deeply like, personal yeah. yet. But I guess I'm also trying to be respectful of because when I talk about things that are personal, that means I'm probably going to involve the people who are close to me and I'm trying to find the balance between sharing and being vulnerable but also respecting people who are involved in the thing I'm sharing about. Yeah. I'm... The thing about it, I am more of a private person in the first place. Like, I don't do like Instagram stories and things like that because I think like the moment in itself is like whatever, uh, like there's a, there's like a, uh, like a bubble around it to be respected. Yeah. Like, like appropriate times and places for certain things, appropriate people who should be in in the know and things like that. Yeah. So it's like for the podcast, it's also partly like that. It's like I'm not just gonna say everything. 
Yeah. Because I don't even do that with everyone yeah. outside of the podcast also. Yeah. But but I get why people would want yeah. that and, to happen. And I personally am a very open person. Like I can I can pretty much open up to anyone who's willing to listen, but I don't like the feeling of unloading the the In a unlo- podcast you don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um I guess I guess also in the same sense, I didn't really think much about like I didn't think I wasn't being yeah, as yeah, personal. Right? I but yeah. when I look back on it, I I have been reserved. I really have been, and I've been told maybe once or twice. So I, I'll keep that more in mind. And should you expect more? I guess. I guess you probably can. We'll try. The more we get, we go through this, we'll figure out. Uh, a way to integrate it in also because you have to understand I think that Mar- Mark and I are both new to this and we're also learning how to work with each other as hosts so we don't want to also like kind of overstep on each other uh, now we have a few more Dax Haviliana shout out Dax it's my god brother he asks what are your top 10 essential must haves for everyday life kind of like a GQ question <laughs> yeah. there uh, I have a list here. You can maybe like think off the top of your head. I'm just going to say my list really quick. So I have my iPad, obviously. This is my notebook. This is also my uh, quick edit and like media consumption things. It's just, it does many things for me. Next would be, this is like every day, not necessarily work, but I just mean like if I'm going somewhere with my knapsack. I also need my power bank pouch because things run out of battery. I need my Darth Vader pouch, which carries my eye drops and my medicines and my uh, moisturizer. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Skincare is important. I need my iPad charger pouch because I need to charge my iPad. It's separate from my power bank. I need my earphones, um, my Kindle. I, I have a lot of like just passing time stuff. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I need to. I always make sure that I have calling cards on me in case I meet someone for work. Really? Yeah, like just in case. It's just there in like the main pocket of my bag. I always need <coughs> sunglasses because after my um my eye surgery, my eyes have become slightly more sensitive to very bright environments. So I try and wear sunglasses when I can just to preserve my eyes and. I also always bring my hydro flask or a jug of any type because hydration is key. Hydrate or dehydrate, they say. And lastly, I actually moisturizer was the last thing. I wanted that to be clear that I do use moisturizer and it is important to take care of your skin. <laughs> uh, do you have an idea of your top 10 every days? Um one uh, number one glasses need them oh, to yeah. see big time Duh. <laughs> and then my wallet I guess like you can get stuff done reg- like with having money I don't bring my wallet no I'm just <laughs> kidding I just forgot then phone <laughs> those are the top three like I, I can go out like with just those things mm-hmm. and then like the next uh, skincare stuff that's more than 10 <laughs> if I <laughs> named it but yeah like the basics like like you said sunblock moisturizer sure um, like a toner just to like cleanse the face yeah. and the stu- other stuff is like the like just like the, the extra add-ons to just make it better <laughs> <laughs> so that's like skincare I'll count that as a one like a one deal thing Kindle Kindle yeah and then yeah power bank stuff like that going down the list now power bank maybe a switch ah my camera would be like number 10 I, I would like having would it around yeah. in the right moment I don't bring it around every day but let's just say if like I had to take the bag with me everywhere. 
that's that would be in it okay. for sure. Um, good stuff. Just to take stock, yeah. Yeah. Uh, good question, Dax. I hope that uh, we <laughs> we GQ'd enough for you. Uh, Martin Kunsing asks. Okay, he asked one question that I I can't answer because I haven't consumed any of these things. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, but I just want Death Stranding was one. No, didn't yeah, he play asked, it. He asked the Mandalorian. For our thoughts on Death Stranding, The Mandalorian, and Jedi: The Fallen Order. No thoughts. I Sorry. have I've been watching some Death Stranding gameplay. Like I'm watching a walkthrough because I don't think I'm gonna <laughs> buy the game. I I'm not too excited about it. It's a walking simulator. I think that it's um a really bold piece of art like it's nice that someone went out yes, to make it yes but not necessarily that specific thing it's okay that it's not commercially yeah. successful things like that I mean I I want more projects like it I just don't think this particular one is for me fair enough um Jedi the Fallen Order I heard it's really good I'm gonna get it one way or the other <laughs> <laughs> um and recommendations oh Mandalorian haven't seen it I'm gonna wait till it's done then binge it and Recommendations for new games? I guess that I can say. Uh, like in general? In general. Uh, he plays PC, so... What did it say? What was the question specifically? Recommendation for new games. So I think maybe Divinity would be like a good recommendation yeah. for Martin, right? Yeah. Ha, if you if you like Zoo Tycoon when you were a kid, <laughs> there's a new version called Planet Zoo. Yes. And, and I it's heard more it's, serious. I heard and, it's like, stressful. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm interested to, to try it actually, but like... I don't play on my computer that much. Mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain Martin and I have talked about um, Divinity before, but I just wanted to throw that out there in case. If there's anyone out there playing on the Switch, yeah, yeah, I would be open to starting a campaign. <laughs> it's quite hard on your own. Yeah, uh, and he has a second question where he says, "No one's home, yo." I want to hear your take on McDojos and how people can avoid them. I think this is more directed at me. Uh, what are warning signs <laughs> that you should look out for to know a martial arts group is sketch or not? <laughs> and your experiences with people doing bullshit martial arts. Yeah, more to you. I would just say, like, do your research. If you know yeah. a little bit, you'll know people who don't know. That's dude, That's your just basic due yeah. diligence, you know. But, like, you can tell when people are putting up an act. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes yeah, you can't. Man. Uh, in a martial arts sense, maybe not so much because there's already that built-in idea of tears and respect yes. for a master. So it's like, why would I question someone if he's considered a master? A master, yeah. Uh, I guess something because again, I'm not like a, I'm not an expert on martial arts. I am an enthusiast for sure, and I find McDojo's, which uh, for those who don't know, a McDojo <laughs> is basically a fake martial art or a bogus martial art so you see a lot of those on Facebook no uh, it's like spirit energy yeah if you guys have come across the, the <laughs> no contact Facebook they page, knock you out yeah fight Crazy. aperture it's hilarious to watch but it's a very real thing that people do to deceive um, naive people or just uninformed people I think something you can do is maybe first of all do your research obviously and look watch videos of the martial art I well another thing I would add like, uh, correct me if like it, it's a misinformed like mm-hmm. suggestion, but I think part of it's like trust your gut. I mean like let's just say let's say for the energy one, do you really think that this is possible? <laughs> like uh, in your life, has there ever been an experience where it's like so this might work out? Like using your energy <laughs> and channeling it will knock someone out. I was like I have never had that experience, so it's like this guy's telling me that it's possible. 
um, I'd be skeptical. Maybe not totally close-minded, but like, let's see. Mm-hmm. You gotta prove your point. Yeah, and I think <laughs> I think uh, I think another telltale sign would be. I don't know if this applies more to an entire martial art or maybe just to individual people who are kind of bogus. Sure. When a martial artist is bragging about how good they are um, at a specific martial... If you're like an MMA and you're yeah. bragging... Like, that's part of the show. But if if you have like a guy who's like not very well known and he's like all he can do is talk about himself and the martial art, it's kind of a red flag on its own. Yeah, and also like... I I would question why you would want to learn from someone like that, even if they were good, like yeah. and they were social, like like felt superior about their skills. Yeah. Also, like I don't want to learn in that environment. Yeah. Also, but but in this case, it's like both a red flag and like a. I guess because I've yeah. I I I've only done I've only learned martial arts in environments where humility was a must. Yeah, that's what you I'm know, saying. You know, like right? it's like you have to check your e- leave your ego at the door. Because you're going to get beat up a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the only way, really, that you should be trying to learn anything. Like, you should kind of leave your ego at the door. Well, because you'll never be the master 100%, yeah. right? There's always the next step. So, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, like, the only way to get to that next step is to admit it exists. Yeah. So, uh, th- that's just a few things. Again, not experts here, but I appreciate the question because it's hilarious <laughs> and I want people to know about McDojo's. And if you're looking for good content on like where you can find a lot of fake uh, videos like that are funny, like where people are just doing bogus martial arts, you can check Fight Aperture and uh, hit me up. I-, I can link you to Martin or just link you to some things that he's recommended to me as well. Uh, we have two more questions on here. Uh, I know we're running a little long, so thank you if you're still with us. But these last two are, I mean, they should be, the, the, w- at least one of them should be pretty quick. So This might be the longest episode ever. It might be, but 20 episodes, we're compensating for being gone for more than a month. Fair enough. Uh, Francesca asks, or Francesca, I'm honestly not sure. Probably Francesca. Francesca. Uh, what is on your bucket list and what's the craziest thing you've done on it so far? Not really a bucket list person. Per se, like I don't have okay. a definite list. But what about things that you've done or like artists you've yeah. seen or something? Experiences that you've always wanted to do or consider milestone experiences? Well, it's things like like climbing would be part of like what's part of the crazy things to get into just because I never imagined I'd do something like that. Yeah, there. Stuff things like like, r- like running also and getting like your times down. Um, something that's still on the list maybe. Damn, I don't know. Any any art any first. artists that you've wanted to see your entire life but still haven't gotten the chance to? Jackson Brown, bro. <laughs> hey, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Jackson that's fair. Brown, number one. We should just name this episode Jackson Brown. <laughs> <laughs> if it was that we had him on, I'd be like, yo. yo. Maybe one day we'll have the ghost of Jackson Brown. Yo, he's still alive, man. Don't say <laughs> stuff like that. I'm just bro. saying like big mouth, you know? <laughs> So, um, anything else that you have on your bucket list or like that you've considered? Let me try to think a little bit more. Okay. Let's see. Uh, while you're thinking, uh, some things that I haven't done yet on my bucket list are like skydiving, uh, watching a, a live UFC title fight in Ooh. Las Vegas. 
I mean, like, I, I'd say yes to a lot of those things, but yeah. I just like, I didn't put them on a list. No, like, I didn't yeah, either, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I mean, these are just things that I knew I've always wanted to do my whole life. Sure. Um, doing an open mic. Ah. You know, like a com- like stand-up open mic, like that. It, even though I think I'd bomb terribly, I think it would be really fun. Sure. As long as it's in a low-pressure environment. <laughs> um, maybe... Oh, let me throw in like um, oh, yeah. watch the the finals of like Wimbledon. Yeah, yeah, dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, something that I have done that I never thought I would do. Something crazy. Something crazy. I think mean, like doing music was pretty crazy. Yeah, but okay, that for as- me, for me especially. Yeah, yeah, but like that aside, I um, guess joining like a, a a martial arts competition. I never thought I'd actually do that. Uh-huh. And then when I started, when I joined like my first formal comp in judo and then jujitsu. I, it was a different atmosphere, different feeling. Uh, th- that felt like a big moment for me. And something... Oh, watching Aerosmith. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. That was... Since I was like seven years old, I always wanted to see Aerosmith live. Uh-huh. And Faisal and I and our girlfriends at the time... Or no, actually, it was still Jelly with him. So they were still together. But my girlfriend at the time, not important who it was, uh, we went to watch Aerosmith. That was pretty awesome. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I'll put in like, uh, I, I've seen Paul McCartney twice. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Pretty, uh, I wouldn't say crazy, but like in terms of concerts, like probably the best. Yo, that's a three-hour concert. Uh. Really? Yeah. Each. Damn. Twice. So it's like consistently like that for his tour. Oh, meeting the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> that was like, I met the Black Eyed Peas for real. Like, a lot of people think I made that story up. That's real. I have pictures. Uh, I met Fergie. She is very attractive in person. And Will I Am and Apple the App and uh, the Taboo. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I've seen, I've seen the, the, the Cleveland Cavaliers come out of their hotel in, in San Francisco oh, that's cool. that's during cool. the 2016 or 2015 playoffs. Yeah. And then they were crossing the road and then James Jones got stuck on our side. <laughs> so I have a selfie with him. <laughs> but he's not looking directly at, at the camera because I asked him like, hey, can I take a picture? He's like, do whatever you want, man. I was like, oh, that's shit. Fine. A little bit, a bit like, a little, like indifferent to yeah, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So I was just like, hey. <laughs> uh, oh, um... I, oh. <laughs> I I watched the Clippers live. That was that was a great experience. They played the Lakers. We beat the Lakers. Lou Williams scored thirty points in like twenty minutes. That was awesome. Um, <laughs> not crazy, crazy, not just cra- fun. Yeah, like, just, you and, know, and just, memorable. And just memorable. things that I they're on a list. Like yeah, they're things stuff. I wanted to do. I also met Brandon Vero once. <laughs> He's a Filipino professional MMA fighter who fought in the UFC. Uh, he fights now in one FC. I met him once in Resorts World. <laughs> I was going to go watch The King and I. And he was just there. <laughs> so stuff like that. Uh, and I mean, like, oh, yeah. Travel bucket list is pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. sure, sure. Been uh, around the world. To, yeah. to, 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 like Europe and then yeah. Japan, of course. Yeah. Around Asia as well. And as, as lame as it is, going to LA for me was like a big deal. Yeah. You know, because I hadn't been to LA until earlier this year. So... Those those things are like as a collective like traveling is like a bucket list item that I wish more people would be able to have the chance to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and with that we're <laughs> we're down to our last question. This is from our good friend and former guest Angelica Alberto. Uh, they were just featured recently on ABS-CBN for Animal Flow. 
Was it already airing? It was. It aired, I think, earlier today or sometime yesterday. Was it Sports U? Something like Something that. Something like that, man. With Diane Castellano. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm really happy for them. They are certified level two instructors, and they just came yes. from Korea to get certified for level three. Um, Check their socials for the classes if yep. you're interested. They have a lot of. They have Animal Flow by Finance. Uh, yeah, AF or, by FA. Is it the shortcut? I don't know, but you can search it and it'll come out. Uh, yeah. So last question. Thanks again to everyone that wrote in. Angelica asks, "Venting buddies, where should we draw the line? What is the balance between our need to vent out our frustrations and being respectful slash careful of our venting buddies' mental slash emotional health?" So I think the question is more like, uh, where do we, as the person who's venting, draw the line? between continuing to vent and uh-huh. going deeper and deeper and stopping because you don't want to unload all of your problems on someone else who's dealing with their own problems. Uh-huh. Especially if that person happens to have like a mental health concern or something. Yeah. That's a, I, I'll save this for last because it seems like the heaviest question, right? <laughs> it's a hard question to answer. My initial aspect is like if your venting buddy is someone you know very well, then you would both have vented to each other been open with each other about serious things and you would have a better feel for each other's limits right Mm -hmm. that's one of course when you're venting yourself that means your emotions are probably at the forefront of like your thought process and your decision making which like might blur you seeing those signs like they're reaching their limit yeah but again like the person you're talking to can also say like with respect to your problems that I, I don't know if I can help you anymore and mm-hmm. this is where I, I might not, I can't handle this myself. And one, you should be open to that. You should be open to the fact that maybe your venting buddy is not ready to hear what you want to say. Mm-hmm. Like you're ready to vent but they're like, I'm busy. Yeah. That happens. I mean, there could be different scenarios whether it was fair for them to say that or not depending on your relationship. But as as yourself, be honest with your feelings and don't, project those onto the other person when you know when they reach their limit mm-hmm. i think that's important like when when i'm mad and i'm gonna i know when i'm making problems for other people because yeah. i'm mad right yeah. and it's like that's not fair to them yeah or I, i'm assuming somebody else's reaction based on my own emotions yes yeah um self-awareness is one yeah it's harder to do like i said right that's the first i i think like if you just know your relationship know where everyone stands you know when to draw the line. Mm-hmm. But when you're venting, yeah, that's harder to say. The second is, yeah, be be ready also to to hit that limit mm-hmm. so that when you see it, you, you understand that, okay, my feelings have to end somewhere also. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's give and take in that sense. Yeah. Um, what, what can you say? Uh, um, I think in terms of, I think the, a big thing to emphasize from what you said would be knowing where each other stands, like knowing what the nature of your relationship is because you can have a venting buddy who, wh- where the limits are clear, yeah, where you have to stop, but then you can also have the buddy where it's unconditional. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Like, like you can just keep going and it's it could be both ways, it could be one way, you know? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, Even when you're not venting, you know you have different levels of like people's relationships, like who's your closest friends, who's mm-hmm. just friends and you you interact with them somewhat differently. Yeah. Same with like someone you'd vent to. There are different levels. Like you know there's someone who would 
who'll just let you go. Like yeah. they, you know them for that much. And then there's yeah. some people who are like, okay, I won't keep them up at night, something yeah. like that, because that's not their role in this yeah. in this inter this relationship or interaction. So if you know those, then at least you can prepare your your even how you vent. Yeah. To the best of your abilities, you might go over the the quote unquote limit, but like you, you at least you have a game plan saying like I would like to talk to them, but this is where we have to draw lines. If they're saying like I have to go, I have to do something, I can't. Then at least you're ready for it yourself. And I think another thing to consider is okay, like it's it's good that you're sensitive of your venting buddies, uh, emotional and mental state, but. You know something that you really should be paying attention to is your own emotional and mental state because the reason that you're venting is trying to get something off of your chest. But you know, oftentimes we can be trying to do that and not realizing that we've already reached the maximum and now we're hitting the point of diminishing returns and you're actually just making yourself feel worse by venting more. Yeah. Um. It's hard for me to say because I understand. The, the like the, the the appeal of like venting to someone I do too I right? do too it's helpful but I guess it I would but I've also I would been self destructive yeah. yeah but I would say that most of the times where I've come to through like with like the most fu- like fundamental changes within myself is when I don't vent and I not keep it in but like vent to myself and mm-hmm. then where it's like I'm not it's time for me to to take these things head on by myself not use someone else as a not like a crutch but like as someone to use them as like a like an avatar for mm-hmm. for me dealing with my problems because if they say like this is how I would do it it's like then you're kind of like putting yourself in their shoes I guess I guess that also goes to show how you view what you're getting out of venting yeah and like what you're what the dynamic of yeah that you've so, been through so I guess my point there is not in a sense like finding the limit of when venting to someone but it's also knowing when it's appropriate for you to be like venting or when it's a self-destructive behavior yeah. i don't think venting in itself can is always a good thing mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like rage yeah I get, I get getting it out but it's not constructive yeah but i think okay something that i i think should be said is i've also used similar venting talking whatever as not even going into it thinking that there's going to be a, a a significant change in the end. I just want someone to bounce these thoughts off yeah. of. You just want someone to say something. Yeah. Sometimes or, that matters. Or not yeah, even yeah. anything. Just someone to listen. A warm body to be there sure, to sure. share what you're dealing because the, these emotions yeah. are a real burden. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. real weight to these met uh, to these hypothetical things in your head. Yeah. So uh, it, it's a difficult question like anything where we discuss balance there's always a back and forth there, you can always find new reasons why one method of balancing it is more effective than the other I think it just comes down to knowing your relationship with the person that you're venting with or venting to sorry and I guess knowing what you're trying to get out of talking about those things yeah because uh, venting is not in a negative sense, like a selfish endeavor, because it's basically I'm going to say something. I don't need to get something back per yeah. se. Yeah. It doesn't always mean it's a bad thing, but knowing that that's the nature of the yeah. The be conscious of it. Be conscious of it, and like yeah, you know, if you're able to put a good limit, then 
it can become a better experience. Let's say like you're venting and someone's like, I have to go to bed. Sorry, I have work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then that should be okay. Like, yeah. you know, like... Don't be unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be fair to them and fair to yourself. You can... It doesn't mean that your emotions have to go away, but you're going to have to figure out a new strategy to deal with them that doesn't involve this person. Yeah. Which might be harder. It might be hard. Like you said, it's a burden. Now I have to deal with it by myself or look for someone else to vent to. Yeah. But as far as the venting to that person goes, that's that's the like the line where it's fair and square. Yeah. Like they gave you they gave their time, but that's they they have other things to, to attend to. I agree. So that brings our twentieth episode to an end. Bye bang. How long did we go? Let me see. Ooh. Like a hundred minutes? One hour forty? One hour forty. We're almost at the two hour mark. We will not bring you there. <laughs> uh, but if you're still here with us. Wow. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for being here for 20 episodes. Yes. That's and over 20 hours first. of content. <laughs> unless this is your first episode. <laughs> then backtrack because this yeah. one was like you would have to have had like previous context to kind of appreciate <laughs> how the journey. Yeah. The journey. Uh, and why we're being a little self-indulgent with the time here. It has been a journey. It has been and I've enjoyed it. Have you been enjoying? Um, <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> the same way like, you Such know. Such a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed someone to vent to for 20 episodes. <laughs> I'm, I'm good off. now. I'm Fuck good. Off. I'm good now. I don't you, need this. I don't think you know what the expectations <laughs> from this are. I, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Not at all. I'd like to. Ne- neither do I. Uh, so... 20 episodes, man. Thank you guys for listening this long, for Thank being you. here. Thank you to all our guests who got us here. Yes. Thank you to all our co-hosts, um, friends, commenters. Yeah. Not just the listeners, but the people who are like just shaping us because mm-hmm. it shapes the content that we're making. Mm-hmm. And interacting with us, not even through the podcast. Yeah, that's why. Just, just in general, people yeah. who are meaning you'll never even hear this but you know yeah. shouts out to getting us to 20 episodes of a of a like a what a pipe dream when you yeah. say it a foolish yeah. endeavor yeah it was like we, we didn't think this would be a real thing as the hob <laughs> the first hobbit movie an unexpected an unexpected journey. journey what about second breakfast <laughs> hey, we, we can call it we can call it that an unexpected journey yeah 20th episode so uh i don't know i want to keep thanking you guys but <laughs> we've, we've kept you for too long Dude, and uh, if you if you if you still want more, there's a lot of episodes in the back catalog. It's twenty plus hours <laughs> of content out here. And it's I, a day's worth. <laughs> and I guess if you still have more questions to ask, just send them in. We might not read all of them right away, but and we might do not do a full episode, but yeah, like maybe we can read take them the, out at the end of an episode. If we have something an answer, we can yeah. get it at the start, the end, or somewhere in the middle where it's appropriate. Yeah, so just keep sending them in if you have more stuff to ask. Again, keep letting us know how you think about the podcast. If you can, rate us. Give us a rating on Spotify and Apple. Can they do that? Yeah, they can. Leave us a rating. Even if you don't say anything, just leave us five stars. If you're rich, you can buy bots to listen (laughs) and then get us more plays. (laughs) not where I was going with that, but that would be helpful. That's the next step, Deva. Rate and then subscribe. Do they do that? Yeah, you can subscribe to the podcast to get like yeah. updates for the new episodes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, um, it's not you YouTube. can. You can th- we want this to be a, as interactive as it can be. So if you want us to talk about something or to talk to someone, hit us up. We'll let you know if it's feasible. 
And, you know, we just want to keep doing this. Keep talking to you guys. Keep talking to our guests. Keep talking to each other. Keep talking to the world. Yeah. Putting this out there. The media empire grows. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So for our 20th episode, thank you again. This was Clau. This was Mark. Peace out. Oh. What? What? And what? This episode took so long that uh, Elliot Chip Kipchoge ran a marathon while we were recording now. <laughs> and, and beat the time and still finished before we yeah, finished. Yeah. World record, world record now. <laughs> Again. Now we have to share news about Elliot Kipchoge. <laughs> Again, this was Mark. And this was Clau. This was the 20th episode of No One's Homies. Yeah. Thank you, homies, for sticking this long. Peace. Peace.